0: Welcome, everybody, to Catterday Checkdown. I am here with Braden Neviews celebrating a win against the Vanderbilt Commodores in Nashville. Braden, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good,
1: 4-0. Uh, hard to complain when you're
0: uh, undefeated and you pick up a road SEC win, so I'm happy to be back. Yes, sir, ain't that the truth? I mean, we have a lot to get to. We've got the game that happened Saturday, first conference game, on the road, and probably the craziest um, – <laughs> the craziest environment I think I've ever been in, in, including the the loud, crazy South Carolina sandstorm, you know, it was just a very weird environment down in Vanderbilt and um, if you were down there, you know what I'm talking about. There was a lot of construction, a lot of confusion um, and Are you talking about the penalties already. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, a lot of construction on that offense. <laughs> um, it, it, on that offensive line, which I know we'll get to, but um, quickly, I just want to say, this game, you know, it started off for the first time this season. It was a fast-paced game, um, to start off on Kentucky's offense. They came down and scored, um, and defense really looked the part as well. Uh, we 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 started to get a. <laughs> I want to say second quarter. It just kind of like switched, and it felt like a completely different game. Um, Kentucky got up twenty-four to nothing, and it was really Kentucky's opportunity to kind of get the fan base in the right in the right direction. Um, and 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 Braden, it was it it, it looked great, right? And it, it's just Kentucky hit another slump, and I feel like we always see this when a, when a stoop when a stoop's team gets up. Uh, pretty pretty far, um, pretty far ahead, and it just seemed like they were just tripping over themselves. Uh, offensive line just hit a point where it looked like they couldn't even hit the ball; they couldn't even snap the ball off. Uh, the one fumble followed by the Devin Leary trip that and was that the the third quarter? That was like I didn't know what to think there, man. I mean, we at, at that point I just put my head down and thought this team. Because they looked like world beaters the entire the entire beginning of the game. Um, and then you go to that. However, though, I, I, when you take that short – well, I say short period. It's a pretty long period. When you take that period out of the game, Kentucky looked really good on, on, on all sides, right? All, you know, special teams, offense and defense. Um, when you look at the stats, Braden, I mean, it looks like it was a closer game than what it was. Um, Kentucky had 365 total net yards against Vanderbilt's 328. Uh, Vanderbilt actually had six more tackles than, than Kentucky had. Now Kentucky destroyed them in solo tackles, 37 and 19, but it just goes to show you what two pick sixes by yours truly, Max Hairston will, will, will do in a game um, let alone the the other pick by, by Derek Jackson. Um, But great, great win. I think, I mean, I'm not too upset about the way they played. Yes. You're going to have your moments where you play terrible. Um, However, when they were playing terrible, it looked really bad, but Kentucky has a lot to clean up, which is, you know, Florida next week. We, we, we've got a lot of talking to do, but, but Brayden, what was your analysis? Well, what did Kentucky do? Well, what what do they kind of lack in?
1: Yeah, uh, I was very excited about the fast start. That's something that we've really wanted to see. Um, As far as the first quarter goes, I think that was the best quarter that Kentucky has put together so far this season. Uh, It's not even close. No, definitely not even close. Uh, But like you said, uh, offense, defense, special teams, really all just kind of put it together there in the first quarter. Um, And then, you know, we kind of hit another slump, which is – unfortunately been a very common theme about this team there's moments where you're like okay we're finally getting this in the right direction and then you know one play later you're back in a slump and like you mentioned already that little stretch there I believe it was either late second quarter or early third quarter I can't remember but where we had the fumble and then Devin Leary or uh, I think it was Eli Cox stepped on Devin Leary's foot and causing a trip and almost had a, had a safety and then end up getting called face mask and we got a first down I mean that whole that whole sequence there was very frustrating and there were definitely moments of frustration in this game but um, overall I think this was Kentucky's best for uh, best all altogether uh, uh, performance this season um, definitely would like to still see a lot of things cleaned up. Uh, especially when you're now four games into the season, you know, we're kind of past that point of, you know, it's early in the year, you know, you're going to have those moments of mess up I and mean, we're at, we're at the point in the season we're getting, it's hard to believe, but we're almost halfway through the season now. Uh, um, so it's, it's kind of time to start getting these things figured out. And uh, I know stoops and the players and everyone around the program is trying really hard to get it all figured out. And, Hopefully this week will be the week that we kind of get it all together. But as far as uh, the offense goes, um, I really liked that we were able to get Barion Brown and Dane Key involved in the offense um, because that's kind of been a struggle so far this season. Uh, barian Brown had 105 yards receiving. Dane Key had uh, – I don't have the number right in front of me, what, 68 maybe. Yeah,
0: it was, it was
1: in the 60s. Yeah, um, which, you know, isn't cr- crazy, but it's a lot better than what we had seen. And then he had that, you know, that that amazing touchdown catch. And then 58. The, uh, 58. 58, okay. Uh, but still, I mean, like, there was more volume there than what we had seen in the weeks prior. Um, and then, of course, he had that really good touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone. And then he uh, patted the defender's head and got a stern talking to by Marrow and Stoops there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so it was really nice to see uh, Marion and Dane kind of getting acclimated back into the offense. Defensively, obviously, uh, what, there's uh, A.J. Swan went, what, 16 for 40 and had yeah. three interceptions, uh, two of which were pick sixes by Max Harrison. And, and of course, those pick sixes are going to get the uh, the highlight reels and stuff. But I think that the Eric Jackson interception plus the lateral back to Andrew Phillips was just as impressive. I mean, that was a really heady play to see that really Phillips had a green grass in front of him. So he, you know, just handed it back to him. And then we Kentucky got into really good um, scoring range there and got a touchdown out of that, I believe. Um, so uh, I don't put a lot of uh, stock into Kentucky giving up 28 points because I don't think that's really a, uh, Indicative of how the defense played, I thought they played really well. We gave up that late touchdown uh, when all the really a lot of backups were in, and then the offense with the uh, turnovers kind of put them in some bad situations there at the end of the first half and then the start of the second. So, um, really no worries defensively. I thought they played another really good game, uh, forced turnovers, scored a couple times, um, and then special teams played well. Uh, nothing really, you know. Nothing crazy, no crazy great plays, but really just made routine look routine, which is what you want on special teams. Um, so did you oh, uh, go did
0: you notice that uh the, the Tavion Robinson and Barry on Brown going back and forth at punt return? I think I think part of that was due to Tavion had the one where he just lost the ball in the air yeah. and it, it, it kind of sailed over his head. And I don't think the coaches were Incredibly happy about that. Yeah. And no, so, I, I uh, that next punt return, Barry I Brown came out. And, um, so yeah, didn't he have one where he, he kind of, he, he caught a fair catch when he shouldn't have that pinned him pretty deep or my dream in that? Uh, I don't recall, but I
1: mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, so overall, I thought it was Kentucky's best, um, cohesive uh, unit or you know whatever best game I guess is what I'm trying to say Um, so and to have it happen against SEC team on the road uh, is is a pretty good sign so overall I'm satisfied Uh, definitely things that still need to be cleaned up but um, you'll always be happy with a double-digit victory on the road against an SEC opponent and I mean Kentucky won by more than what the experts uh, – experts, wow. Ex, experts <laughs> were thinking. Um, yeah, it's Monday. Uh, so, um, I, the spread was 13 and a half, I believe. We won by 17. Probably should have been 24, but that's a, whatever. Um, so,
0: overall, satisfied. Yeah, and uh, you bring up some good points. And you're right. Kentucky put their best foot forward, I think, Saturday. Yeah. Um, just last week played Akron that I don't know if if you kept tabs on them in Indiana. I know Indiana is not a great football team at all, but Akron took Indiana to overtime, Mm -hmm. um, fell short 29, 27. Um, A lot of those pieces that we're talking about, it's it's crazy because you look at Florida who just played um, uh, Charlotte and, their game was – I think they had one touchdown mm-hmm. um, beginning of the game, and then the rest was just field goals. <laughs> so um, they have they, – they ended up winning 22-7. And I, I think you, you look at their fan base, um, kind of their media and what they're saying about their team, they're not really – they're not really sold yet either, man. So you 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 come in Saturday not really knowing, in my opinion, what to expect. Um, their biggest concern right now, I think is their linebackers, particularly their inside linebackers. Um, so I think it's going to be a game that, uh, you know, they always have good running backs. We, we, we know what we're going to get out of their, out of their run, run, run offense. But, um, yeah, just going back to Saturday for a second. I mean, you had guys all over the field making plays. I mean, if you take Max Harrison out of that game, you still had guys, and I don't even want to think about that, but you still right. had guys all over that defense in place. I didn't realize this, Braden. We were looking at stats before we started. Octavius Oxendine was in six tackles total, and I don't really think that got talked about enough. He led the team in tackles, and, I mean, he didn't really have a particular moment where, you know, he, he showed what he could do. Um, but – I mean, Andrew Phillips with five tackles. Which usually, if your defensive backs having that many tackles, it's probably not going to mean th- mean anything. Um, probably not a good sign. But we knew what kind of offense Vanderbilt has. Um, we 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 kind of went into it knowing that it's going to be an all or nothing offense. Um, and you look at AJ Swan; he threw what three interceptions? Didn't have a great game at all. However you, you, you kind of get what you get when it comes to the, to their offense. And, um, I hope Swan's okay. Cause I, I I'm not sure how bad it looked on the broadcast, but, but in person there, it, it looked like he was pretty banked up. Um, how about Ray Davis? I mean, he, there was a lot of pressure, I would say on him to come back playing his, um, his, his home turf, I guess first, what two or two seasons before he, he, he's played at Vanderbilt and, um, I think he looked good. I mean, he had moments where I think the offense was trying to get him too involved too early. Definitely. Uh, But, I mean, when he got in the red zone, it was pretty much – especially within – you know, he got up on the goal line. Um, We didn't see a whole lot of big breakaway runs from him. As a matter of fact, uh, Juton McClain, I think, took the cake on that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean – I. I can't complain too much about Ray. I I don't think anything that happened um, negatively Saturday was due to him. I think a lot of it was uh, missed assignments on blocking, which I'm sure we'll get to. But, um, I mean, what did you see from Ray?
1: Yeah, uh, happy for Ray to get that out of the way. Uh, He mentioned it after the game. that He was excited to kind of have this chapter of of the season closed. And, you know, now to look on to Florida. Um, he, He got his two touchdowns in the red zone. Um, and, you know, we didn't see like a whole lot of, of, you know, crazy explosive, uh, plays from them, but I, I do feel like the run game and you mentioned already, um, some missed assignments on walking and, you know, that continues to be an issue that needs to get figured out. But, um, but there were some explosive runs on Saturday, more than I feel like we've had up to this point so far. Uh, which was encouraging. You know, you mentioned the Juton McLean touchdown, and then uh, Davis had a few, and then Leary leary showed off his athleticism a little bit on that. I believe it was a 26 yard scramble. Um, that's two so, weeks
0: in a row, yeah. I mean, he, 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 I don't want him doing that a whole, whole lot, but no, most you know, definitely he, not. He, he, he took advantage of what was in front of him and made the most out of it. So, I mean, I. He's not a big wheels guy, but mm-hmm. he definitely, he was definitely uh, pushing the wheels Saturday.
1: He's definitely not the athlete that Will Levis was, but whenever, whenever Kentucky needs a first down and there's an open lane, uh, he's, he's going to go get it. Um, and, uh, but yeah, as far as Ray goes, like I said, um, he played solid. He did have that fumble, but he was able to recover it. Um,
0: he did have one breakout run. It was like what yeah. thirty-eight yards,
1: uh, and I think it was on like a second and twenty-six or something like that. Uh, yeah, we had gotten backed up due to some penalties. Um, so that was so that was good to get out of that second and long. Um, but also, I mean, and you know, I know Vandy plays on this turf every week, but it, it felt like the turf monster kind of got a hold of both teams quite a bit in that game. I feel like there were quite a bit of, or there were quite a bit of opportunities that both teams had a chance to break off some big plays and then just got tripped up by their own feet. Uh, I well, you if, have to
0: remember, they're, they're playing in a construction zone.
1: Well, so. that's – well, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, right, no, that's true. But um, but I just – I mean, it's like the turf monster really uh, had his way there on Saturday, and I'm not sure if that just happened to be what it was or if, you know, maybe there is something going on, going on with that Vandy turf, but um, – but yeah, I just feel like there was a lot of slipping
0: going on out there. Um, I will say, and I don't think this is related, but Vanderbilt has the smelliest turf I've <laughs> ever been around. Well,
1: uh heading into the preseason or I guess heading into camp or whatever, um, I had heard from you know a few folks that even uh, even Kentucky's turf smelled really bad there for a minute. I mean, I don't know if it's if that's still the case.
0: Yeah, um, it, it did smell bad on me day. But I, I'm saying it smelled like rubber. Like you know, if you get on, if you get on a, a, a turf field, Braden. And by the looks of you, I don't think you've gotten on many turf fields. I've gotten um, on a lot of turf fields. Listen, like I, <laughs> uh, I was always number one pick at quarterback whenever we played football and, and like in gym class. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you get on a field, you, you can kind of smell that rubber. Oh yeah, definitely, the, definitely. The, the the turf pellets but vanderbilt it just seemed like i don't know if it's where it, the stadium's so small or or what but you definitely got more of a hint of that and like i said i don't think that equates to the the slipping that we saw saturday but it was it was something that caught my eye cuz you know going around to these other sec stadiums you you really don't get that much of a whiff of it but you know, I walked in and I was like, wow, okay, Vanderbilt, you know, you, you, you definitely believe in rubber pellets. So, um, but, but, but yeah, you can continue Braden.
1: Um, no, I mean, that's really all I had to say about Davis. I mean, I thought he played well. Um, but like he said, I'm sure he's excited to kind of get this chapter out of the way and kind of focus more on, on Florida now, which he had a really good game against Florida last year. You know, people, you know, of course, here in Kentucky, we think about, how Vandy upset Kentucky last year, but they also went and upset Florida the very next week. So Davis has had some success against the Gators. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see what he can do against them this coming week.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, Braden, I mentioned this in the group message. I, I don't believe Trayvon Redka. He went down in the first quarter, and it looked like to me, of course, they didn't really put a whole lot of attention on it on – um the broadcast but to me in person i noticed i don't believe he came back in the game after that to me it looked like the way he was running off the field he kind of looked like his shoulder just got dislocated and i didn't see any qualms on the depth chart so i'm assuming he's gonna be good but from what i saw early on he looked really good um and then what's my other what's my other injury news here It's, Uh, it's uh
1: is is horsey not being on there still
0: yeah, yeah. Horsey's not not on the depth chart yet. Getting a little bit concerned about that. However, I I, I think that Dylan Ray kind of. I mean, he looked good. I, I I think that your major problems right now on that offensive line is um, the inside. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at at center and, and then in the back and forth, Brayden. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, um, yeah, it, my- it was
0: it was rough Saturday.
1: <laughs> well, like I know you love my my line takes. Um, of course, we saw the, the flip uh, of positions for Eli Cox and Jagger Burton uh, flipping, um, flipping Cox to center and Jagger to right guard. Um, and I, I think it had its, um, had its advantages. I, I thought the O-line played slightly improved. Uh, and actually, um, Jagger was the highest graded O-lineman that, that Kentucky had on Saturday, um, uh, take whatever stock in that you want to take in it, but um, as far as the O line goes, uh, I I feel like the outside has really improved. I thought uh, Cox has been really not not Eli, but Marcus Cox has uh, has played really solid. Uh, I feel like the combo of Ford and Flax has been f- formidable, uh, and then um really if
0: you if you'd have t- if you had told me that four weeks ago,
1: I know I, right I, I
0: wouldn't have believed you.
1: <laughs> I mean it I mean it hasn't been I mean like I said, it's been formidable. it hasn't been elite by any means but um but yeah I mean like it's it's definitely the inside that is cause for concern and I think that's pretty evident whenever Kentucky tries to run the ball uh, up the middle. Uh, you know I, I'm kind of surprised I, I don't feel like Kentucky has really – and maybe this is just me not – I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I would like to see some sort of, like, you know, percentage stat of inside run versus outside run. But it, it doesn't feel like Kentucky's trying to run outside a whole lot. I mean, I expected more of it than what we've gotten. Or, uh, yeah, than what we've gotten. But um, uh, as the season goes on, I kind of hope that we – Try to get the ball on the perimeter more in the running game. I know we've done some, you know, sweeps with Baryon and what and Tavion, but I, I, I feel like the outside run game just hasn't really gotten going, and I don't really know why because I feel like that would be our strength uh, in the run game as opposed to inside run. But um, and, I wonder some of it
0: too if just you know you don't have Caddis, you don't you don't have a lot of that that blocking on the outside, yeah. Um, but is 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 a good blocker. Um, and I, I don't know you're right though. it's it, you would think you would see more, especially with the way that Liam Cohen likes to get the the ball in the playmakers hands. sure. Um, but but, yeah, you're right, you're spot on. I think Barry on Brown had that one uh jet sweep that went for what four yards at the beginning and of the
1: game it only went for four because he got slipped up on that turf yeah uh,
0: yeah yeah exactly but, uh,
1: but yeah um no I, I really just hope as the season goes on we see a little more outside run and of course i'm not in practice maybe maybe that'd be a horrible idea maybe the, you know the outside guys are doing better at uh, plat, uh pass blocking but maybe run blocking isn't going too hot for them um but i would at least like to see it you know Oh, a little bit. Um, but it'll be nice to get Horsey back. Hopefully, once again, he's not on the depth chart this week, like you mentioned already. I just hope and pray that he's back for Georgia because we're, we're going to need him. We're, we're going to need him in a bad way against Georgia. Um, but, yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, offensive line still isn't um, – I, 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 I think it's been an improvement from 2022 – but it's still not where you need it to be to get where you want to get, um, which is, you know, definitely in that nine to ten win range. So, moving forward, just got to keep getting more reps and uh, keep just trying to get things figured out.
0: Yeah, and I think the scary part is right now, right, we're we're four games past the, the beginning of the season, and we're still making switches at center. (laughs) that that's that's the like that's the concerning thing for me um we're still going back and forth with um with 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 Cox and 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 Jagger and I was just going back to the the camp spring camp like when they first kind of announced that it was going to be Jagger you felt a lot of confidence right and just now, it, you see in game, after having that plan for so long, it's not exactly working the way that Kentucky was hoping it would. That's a little bit concerning. Um, now, I might be wrong. You know, it may come out against Florida and, and, and prove some people wrong. And I hope that's what happens the, the same way kind of Dainkey did. Um, like, he had something to prove. Um, which, by the way, you're right. That, that I'm glad to see the Dankies back. But that tap on the helmet was a little <laughs> bit that, – that was a little bit uncalled for. Uh, I know a lot of fans are, are um, kind of having his back on that, and I'm glad they should. But it was funny watching him go back to the sideline and watching Stupas tell him, he was like, you're better than that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure, Braden, how good you are at reading lips. <laughs> but that is exactly what Stoops told him. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we get out of him. Um, well, I, uh,
1: uh, even before Dane got the Stoops, Vince Merrill gave him a good talking too as well. Uh, yeah. So uh, I would say going forward, you won't see any sort uh, of that uh, extra uh, stuff out of Dane Key. I think he probably learned his lesson on Saturday.
0: But Dane's been Dane's been chirping a lot this season. Even when things aren't going good, it seems like every <laughs> time, at least on a broadcast
1: before this week, <laughs> what'd you say? I said, well, he didn't really have a lot,
0: a whole lot to chirp about before this week. Well, no, you're right, yeah. and that's a, that's the thing with him. But I mean, we have seen it a lot, Braden, and I know I'm not the only one that's seen this. Like he's been going at it a lot with with he's been trying to get in people's ear, and. So I, I, wonder, I wonder if there's something of you know, him trying to just talk his shit just to be able to, I don't know, hype himself up maybe. I, I'm not sure. But that being said, I am, I am glad to see him back. Another guy I'm excited to see catching balls is Max Hairston. I mean, first time in program history you've had two pick sixes by the same player. But not only that, he was all over the field making plays. I mean, def- deflections and and tackles, and I mean, it was it was amazing seeing him. I mean, he had what three three deflections, um, and then four tackle. Like, he was all over the place, and it seemed like there wasn't a single possession where he wasn't involved. Yeah, um, well, kind of going back to last week,
1: we talked about his presence in that Akron game. That was kind of his coming out party, and he just built on it this week. And uh, he should have had at least one more pass breakup uh, there in the end zone before they th- threw that pass interference flag that I thought was
0: was really, really just yeah not called for. That uh, was one that I, I don't understand because I mean there were some back and forth hand like I mean they were going back and forth. Yeah, it and, wasn't. Uh, Go ahead,
1: Ray. and I don't know if you note. Know, I mean, I don't know if you can notice at the game, but uh, he threw that <laughs> he, he threw that ball in the end zone. And that, that flag did not come out until after the ball oh, was landed down. And yeah. uh, to me, it was one of those situations where the ref wasn't going to call it if he caught it, but he was going to call it if he didn't catch it. So either way, it was a lose-lose for, for Max. And um, But, I mean, I know it went down as a pass interference, but, I mean, we can all see for our eyes that that was really a pass breakup. So really just another impressive play there and then of course the two pick sixes uh one where he just read the quarterback's eyes on that first one uh, perfectly and then the second one where you know the ball kind of got tipped to him and he just turned into an athlete um so uh really really excited to see uh how well Max Harrison's played and then of course i mean he's getting all the all the shine right now and for good reason but uh Andrew Phillips has has also played really well um secondary Jordan
0: Robinson Jordan, Jordan Robinson, Robinson played a great a game. game
1: yeah um, so, you know, the secondary, I mean, not really the safety, but safeties, but, uh, you know, the cornerbacks were a big question coming into the season. And I think so far they've really played, uh, above expectations. Um, now granted, uh, you know, the competition is getting ready to take a big step up here in the coming weeks. You got, um, you know, this weekend you got Ricky Pearsall. And then after that, you got, uh, well, whoever, whoever decides they want a shot at Brock Bowers and then uh, uh, Lad McConkey might be back next week. I guess we'll see about that. And then you got Luther Burden, and then whichever one of Tennessee's receivers want to show up. So we're going to find a whole lot uh, out about this secondary. But so far up to this point in the season, I've been really impressed. And um, yeah, but as far as Harrison goes, who's Defensive Player of the Week in the SEC, I think he got a one of those helmet stickers that they give out on the on the ESPN scoreboard show, um, and uh, I think uh, I think I saw earlier that he was up for some award, maybe like it was the Lot Award uh, for Defensive Player of the Week. So uh, so he, he's definitely getting his accolades this week, and uh, but hopefully he can you know back all those up this coming week and and have a really good game against Florida.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, looking at some some of those defensive guys, I mean. We talked about the, the duo last week a little bit, but Tyrese Fierby and Montez Thrower look like absolute guys. Um, what have you seen from them so far to maybe think that maybe going into the season we saw a lot more of them?
1: Yeah, I mean, linebacker depth was something we were a little concerned about coming into the year, right? I mean, we knew what we had in Derek and what we had in uh, uh, Trevin. And then, of course, on the outside you had JJ. Um, So, I mean, to see those two guys kind of step in and play some quality reps uh, has been positive to see. And uh, moving forward, you just need more of that because, you know, once you get into the meat uh, of this SEC schedule, they're just going to be time, so they're going to have to come in and, you know – relieve these guys and might even have to start a few games with you know just the nature of the sec uh especially you know linebackers they're bound to get beaten up at some point so so the more reps the better uh for those guys and but they've played uh, i think they've played their role uh pretty good so far
0: yeah yeah absolutely um so you look at florida um this game coming up we we got we got to go one week at a time, right? <laughs> I mean, this is you, you turn on this tape and I don't, I don't think it's oh my goodness what a pick. Um, sorry mm-hmm. guys, I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, well, I've got
1: I've got both. That was crazy. We got both ga- I I got the YouTube TV and MultiView going. And he had a pick in the Bengals game and he had a safety in the Eagles game. So oh, wow. it's a back to back little defensive parade there.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Matt Stafford, that was probably not a great throw. But um, you look forward to this Florida game. I think it's going to be especially important, this game, to get out to a hot start. Um, Brayden, I'm not sure how much you've watched of Florida, but they're um... not good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, there's that. But it's almost like Billy Napier – has been successful in his, in his um, scripted plays to start the game. And then after that, there's been, there's been very little to no creativity. Um, So, I mean, he's been coming out to some hot starts, but after that kind of flailing off and we saw a lot of that, like I was saying earlier uh, last week against Charlotte. So, it's going to be super important this game more than maybe the others to get us to, to get a uh, head start because you don't want to play this game from behind. Um, you're going to have the the noon kick, which you know it is what it is. But we've seen everyone this team just uh, pound your beers and let's yeah, get to it. yeah. It, we, we've seen this team face some adversity, but not from behind. And I don't think you want to try that. Against Florida. <laughs> because not that I, I'm concerned about the way Kentucky will play. I just know three of the first four games that Kentucky started off slow. And we can't have that Saturday. Um, if you want to do the things that that, that um, Kentucky fans want to do with that game. But, Braden, you turn on this tape from Florida, what do you see? I mean, like I mentioned earlier, their linebackers haven't been great. Um, uh, quarterback hasn't been great. They're dealing with some offensive line issues as well, but what sticks out the most to you? I
1: see a whole lot of, um, honestly, I see a whole lot of Mark Stoops football in Florida. Um, you know, run the ball, uh, keep the, uh, possessions in the game at a, at a minimum and, uh, run the clock and play good defense. And so far, I mean, they've, they've played their style of football really well. Um, I think um, I think they're not that dangerous of a team um, in terms of, you know, getting those explosive plays. It's going to be very much gr- ground and pound. Uh, and they have two really good running backs. I mean, they have Trevor Etienne and then uh, uh, Montrell Johnson, who are both really good backs who could start at a lot of schools in the country. And then uh, Graham Mertz is kind of just their game manager. Manager, He he doesn't make mistakes. He won't turn the ball over. And, uh, you know, he'll manage that offense in the way it needs to be managed. Um, So, um, I I think um, as far as our defense, as far as Kentucky's defense goes, uh, as long as they can uh, handle the run game, I don't think they have a whole lot to worry about in the passing game. Uh, Like I said earlier, uh, Pearsall is a good receiver. Uh, Is that catch of the year? Yes, that's catch of the year. Like that was a really impressive catch, um, but it was a horrible throw. <laughs> it was a very impressive catch and a horrible decision by Mertz. I mean, they had three guys around him, and he just went up and caught it in, in the middle of three guys. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that reminds was... me.
0: I, I wanted to get your take on that first that first half throw by Devin Leary that ended up in, a, in an interception. Um, a lot of oh. buzz. I think a lot a lot of people were upset about that. I, I was not. I mean, was it? A, it you was a bad throwing
1: game. a double coverage. You're talking about the one. Yeah,
0: thing. yeah, yeah. It 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 was definitely underthrown. But you have your best receiver. That's six foot one. He was the intended target, and I mean, it was practically a punt because that ball sailed for what forty five yards.
1: <laughs> and
0: yeah. like like I said, it was a little bit underthrown. It is what it is. But it put him in the five and they didn't score anything off of that. So I'm not entirely too uh, upset about that. Now the other one was bad. The other I'm not I'm not expecting the well, pick. But. You see, like I actually take the
1: opposite take on that. I think his first one was bad and the second one wasn't really because I mean, he got popped on that second pick and that ball kind of fluttered in the air. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. ball kind of fluttered in the air, and I don't think he really got the touch he went on it and it got picked. But then that first one, he kind of threw it up in a double coverage and just, I mean, he gave his guy a shot, but it really, to me, wasn't the best decision. Which, honestly, that, I mean, one thing that we kind of thought about Leary coming into the year was that he was a guy who really did a good job of protecting the football. And he has as many interceptions through four games now as he had in the entire uh, 2021 season at NC State. He has five interceptions. Um, Does that so, concern you? Yeah, um, uh, yes, it does a little. Um, and I don't think they're all his fault, but I mean, like, that's with any you know, that's with any quarterback and any interceptions. I mean, they're not all going to be on the quarterback, but like, it certainly is a concern. Uh, because I thought you know, this was going to be an offense that really was able to protect the ball. And to be you know, quite frankly, they haven't done a good job of uh, protecting the football. Thankfully, like, the defense is. Uh, stepped up and uh, caused some turnovers uh, on their end. Um, But yeah, um, as far going back to Florida, though, um, as far as they go, uh, I feel like for our defense, they don't present too much of a challenge uh, as long as they can uh, stop the run game. Uh, Outside of Pearsall, there's not really a whole lot in the Florida passing game that really concerns me. But then flipping to offense, I mean, F- Florida was able to uh, contain that high-powered Tennessee offense, which um, not a lot of schools have done so far, like in the Josh Heupel era. And um, and I think they're really built to play good defense and run the football. So it's going to be really important for our offense to get it going. And, um, you know, because I think this is going to be a game that's low scoring. And so – it's going to be about, you know, who can have the most uh, explosive plays. So, to me, that means you got to get the ball in the hands of Barry and Brown. you got to get the ball in the hands of Ray Davis. If, you know, if the running game isn't working out, then, you know, dial up some screens for Ray. Uh, get to Tavion in space. Uh, get some one-on-one opportunities with Dan Key. Um, just try and get your playmakers the ball um, because I think it's going to come down to which team can – you know, get a couple of explosive plays and get some scoring opportunities because I see this as more of a, you know, 20 to 17 ball game or, you know, 20 to 13 or, you know, whatever it ends up being. It's going to be low scoring in my opinion. And uh, and I think it'll be b- big for the crowd to bring the juice. Uh, you know, we've talked yeah, about... That, noon- that's,
0: that's, that's yeah, that's what but- I wanted to bring up. Uh, what, what do you think this atmosphere is going to be like? Of course, you got the noon game um, and, you know, that is what it is. Let, yeah. let that be. Uh, Stoops had a very funny quote that that he said today, and I want to get to that. But Kentucky announced last night they're doing the blue and white thing like they did in 2021. If you're on the side, um, I guess the same side as, as 2021, um, yeah. you, you wear the white. If you're on the press box side, you wear blue. Um, so dress accordingly for that. Uh, and then Stoops went on to to say today he has – no, um, he has no worries about Kentucky fans not bringing the juice. matter of fact, he, he said he expects Kentucky fans to pound some beers uh, before <laughs> before they come into the stadium, maybe in the stadium. Um, <laughs> I think that's the best
1: – I think that's got to go down as one of the best quotes that Mark Stoops has had as coach of Kentucky because, I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of hard to get a really good quote out of him. Um, you know, he usually keeps it pretty vanilla. Well you know, in those press conferences. I mean, he's said some things outside of, you know, usual media that are worth note, but I mean, he said that at a press conference, which he doesn't really do that that often. So I thought that was a really kind of funny little news
0: grab there. Absolutely. So um, you look at this environment, I mean, you think this is going to be one of the more fun environments in the soups era. Um, You know, of course, Kentucky hasn't historically been good in these new games with, um you know on these big games this is the same slot that Kentucky was in against Ole Miss last season um and you, you go back in time to those big games you know growing up you you always saw florida on this in this time slot and just absolutely devour kentucky um now of course that was a decade ago but is there anything to that noon slot do you think the, the, the team's going to come out as juiced as they would for maybe a 7 o'clock game? Or or, or do you think that uh, that it might cause them to to slow down a little bit, waking up and going and playing football? Um, you know, honestly, not really.
1: I mean, it won't be quite as energetic and juiced up as you would want for that kind of game, just because it's a noon kickoff. But I, I don't put as much stock into it as maybe some others do. I, I really do expect this to be – a really, really good atmosphere for Kentucky. Um, and I think having, you know, having SEC Nation there on on Saturday morning is going to help. And, you know, having Feinbaum and Marty McGee and all the, you know, all the glitz and glamour of all that stuff is going to help the atmosphere. Um, and like Stoop said, get there early. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, – I know it's early in the week, but <laughs> – the weather is looking like it, 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 it's going to be really good uh, for Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon. So get there early, uh, get set up at the tailgate, uh, p- uh, pound some beers, like Stoop said, um, and then get in that stadium and be loud. Uh, I mean, there's no reason that, that that atmosphere still can't be really, really good. Um, I, I know it's not the night game that everybody wants, and I get it. Um, but at the same time, um, we got to play the game whenever the game's played. And uh, so why not go out there and make it one of the best atmospheres of college football? Um, yeah. And um, so, I mean, honestly, I, I still really do expect this atmosphere to be really good. Uh, probably outside of the Alabama game and maybe Tennessee, this will be one of the best atmospheres that we get this season for a football game, I'd say. Um, so – and I'd say this is probably the only time we'll get SEC Nation and Lexington as well. They usually only come to a place once a year. So, I mean, make it count. Uh, get there. Get there on the SEC Nation set. Show, show the country why Big Blue Nation is the best in, in the country. And, uh, and let's have a really fun Saturday.
0: Yeah, exactly. And from a college football fan's perspective – the noon game isn't a terrible time. (laughs) You know, if if you're going to the game, you know, plenty of college football to look forward to after. Um, That's the one negative about tailgating. Sometimes people have those games on, but you can't really, there's a lot going on at them tailgates, uh, if you know what I mean. So um, plenty, plenty of chaos for sure. But like you said, maybe this, you know, you're going to have, Plenty of energy at 12 at twelve p.m. Um, Kentucky fans are – this is a game you get up for. And how crazy is it that you have a chance to beat Florida and not have the urge to rush the field? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, it would be, what, three of the last five um, in Kentucky's favor if they win Saturday? I mean, like,
1: uh, it depends how you want to look at it. Uh, you, you, if they win Saturday, you can go three straight. You can say four out of the last five, however you want to say it. But but basically what it amounts to is that Kentucky has been better than Florida over the past five years. So, I mean, we're at a point where rushing the field shouldn't be necessary. Uh, and and I don't think they would if they won. Uh, no, not a, and, 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 not a chance at all. And, and honestly, I'd be kind of embarrassed if they did. Um, Same. So, Same. So, and like, we're I, better I, than Florida now. Well, exactly. And, and, like, I'm sure you'll be there on uh, Saturday, Jordan. So, it, it, if people start to get the idea as the clock winds down, then I, I'm going to need you to make sure that don't happen. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, I'm sure, you know, I, I know the noon window isn't great, um, but you got to make do with what's in front of you. And what's in front of us is we have a noon kickoff on Saturday. And, I mean – uh, unless you got somewhere to be Saturday afternoon, which I hope you don't, uh, then just you know, just wake up Saturday morning and get ready for a long day. Go there, get there early, tailgate, have fun. Then once we win after the game on Saturday, go back in that parking lot, you know, watch college football. You know, play corn, like do all the stuff you were gonna do before the game, after the game, and just have a good time. And let's make, let's make that atmosphere. One of the best, and I mean, what well, I think last time Florida came to Kentucky, they had eight false starts. Let's make it ten this time.
0: So, um, one more piece of information: I was talking about the injuries earlier. Josh Caddis um, did not did not suit up Saturday. I expect him to suit up against Florida this year. Would, as a matter of fact, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Yeah. Um, what about that tight end? Because we didn't see much from them Saturday. Uh, Brendan Bates had what one reception, I think yeah. one, maybe, maybe another target. Um, there just wasn't a whole lot on that. That end, do, do you expect them to get back more into that uh, uh groove of getting the tight ends involved like they were last weekend, or do you think this is that was a one weekend, a one game thing, and and, and we're not going to see many many uh looks to the tight ends? Well, I don't, I don't think this offense will ever get the ball to the tight
1: ends as much as the fans and media want them to, uh, because this roster has four tight ends that I truly believe could start at a lot of schools in the country and be there and play really well. You got Dingle, Cummings, uh, Bates, and then, uh, Caddis who, uh, like you said, he, he should play this Saturday. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was a game time decision this past Saturday and they just decided to play it safe, which is probably a good call. Uh, given the opponent. Um, So I expect him to play on Saturday. Uh, I mean, if you go back to last year, um, I don't know if you remember this or not, uh, Jordan, but in that first half, I mean, I think in the the Florida game, I think that was the most involved the tight ends ever got in the offense. It seemed like Wevis was going to dingle and Bates a whole lot in that first half last year. Um, And so, uh, so I hope that that's the case. Uh it seems like a tight end always makes a really good play against Florida. I remember in 20 what 19 Keaton Upshaw had a good game against Florida. That was kind of his coming up party, and then he kind of went away and never came back. Um
0: well I think against Florida just in general. I mean in 2018, wasn't a tight end, but you had David Bouvier maybe having some of the biggest plays of that game. Yeah. Um an under the radar receiver. Um, um so who knows? Maybe we see some more. Um, I guess just opening the playbook up a little bit, and that's another thing that uh, I, I I don't think Florida's really done that much either. They've been kind of saving all their stuff for Kentucky. Um, but that's but weird I, to play I,
1: considering I, they played Tennessee already. Utah and Tennessee, they're saving stuff. Well, for Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking. I'm
0: talking last week. I should have. I should have specified on oh, that. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There was plenty of vanilla football it seemed sure, like they yeah. were calling the same the same run play every time they got to the line of scrimmage um but uh, with that being said i mean I, I i do expect a game where maybe kentucky opens it up a little bit for the first time this season
1: yeah um uh, hopefully so i mean i think even in that vandy game uh kentucky expected to win um but I think this is the week you really see some things offensively that we haven't seen yet. And uh, that that playbook that Liam Cohen's looking at is definitely going to be flipping uh, more pages than what we're, we're used to this season, I think, for sure. And, uh, I mean, is it – I mean, I'll ask you this because I don't know. Uh, is it kind of a given now that Cohen's going to be calling plays in the booth the rest of the season, or is he going to come back down to the field or – do you
0: know? Man, I, I don't know. I think we'll get a really good feel this week on what he does. Um, he's had a couple of weeks to recover from the illness that he suffered um, yeah. that put him in the hospital and, and, and all of that. And now, he said last Tuesday, we were talking to him, and he said that he, he, he likes being up top more, but the reason he's always been on the field is, you know, for the rah-rah, like being down there with the players and being able to coach these guys through it in person. And, and then over yeah. the
1: telephone. And uh, and honestly, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a coach, and I mean, I'm sure that they know we know what they're doing better than I am. <laughs> but, um, uh, but I mean, personally, like as a coach and a player, I think I would prefer to be on the field. Uh, as a player, you can, kind of, you know, kind of get more mm-hmm. of that one-on-one teaching in person, and then, um, as a coach, you can kind of, you know, talk 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 your guys through what's going on, like a little better I'd say one-on-one um, and I, I know there's the advantage of being up top and kind of seeing what the, he did on, say man. it was a lot
0: easier to call plays
1: sure I, I'm sure I mean definitely but I mean I don't know I just feel like that kind of personal connection down on the field is also really important and then you know getting to kind of you know, have conversation I mean I know they can still speak to each other you know in the booth or whatever but I don't know just personally I feel like being on the field's better but you know I don't know anything, so.
0: Yeah, you don't know anything about nothing, so. <laughs> Especially um... offensive line. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, with that being said, Braden, right, I think we have pretty much everything I wanted to address um, about these couple of weeks. Do you have anything else to add?
1: All I got to say is uh... – It's time to go for three straight. I like Kentucky. Give me Kentucky twenty-one to seventeen.
0: All right, there we go. What are we? Kentucky's what a three and a half point favorite right now. You got them covered.
1: I believe it's down to two and a half. Is it? I think I think that's the last one I saw because um, I may or may not want to go to Red Mile here in a few days and place a bet on that. You know what?
0: Is it true? I heard a stat that uh napier hasn't covered a game he's been favored in since he's been at florida did i hear that right
1: i don't know i mean i wouldn't be surprised
0: that would be that that'd be one hell of a stat well but he's not favored
1: so yeah so i guess it doesn't matter (laughs) it doesn't matter but yeah
0: but with that being said everybody make sure to get out to kroger field early be loud pound some beers and um, in, enjoy it because these games are so far in view between, uh, you don't get very many of them a year. And this game is always circled on Kentucky's calendar. And I think now this game circled on the Florida fans' calendar. So, and if <laughs> it's not, answer, it should be, yeah, it should be. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check out all of our work on catscoverage.com. Uh, we'll back we'll be back on Day checkdown next week to talk about the Florida game um, hopefully for a win and talking about what Kentucky could possibly do to beat Georgia if there is anything on the road seven o'clock under the lights in Athens so with that being said uh we'll talk to you next week bye